Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. I'm Adam Gobeski, and please welcome our four apocalyptic guests. We have Kevin Vredevog. Hello, glad to be back. Tony Huff. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. Paul Wilcox. Great to be here, as always. And Doug Gobeski. So we're four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Ah, oh, dang it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Start over, start over. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski, and please welcome our four horsemen of the apocalypse. We have Pestilence. That's me. Famine. Oh, that's me, Tony Hoff. War. That's me, Doug Gobeski. And finally, Death. That's me, Kevin Bredevogue. Thanks for having me. All right, we are here to discuss the lighthearted 2016 romp and our 54th installment in the Mary Marvel Movie March and the second part of Mary Marvel Movie March Madness 2021. It is X-Men Apocalypse is, of course, the story of one Dennis X-Man, who is ex-manager of a local uh, Mexican restaurant. He leaves because he doesn't he doesn't need the money anymore. He retires. But then they bring him out of retirement because across the street, a Mexican version of Hooters called uh, Taco Lips uh, opens up. And so they have to have a fight between Taco Lips and uh, his place, which is called School for the Graded Cheese. And uh, a rollicking good time ensues. Also, the world ends. The end. I don't believe that was the movie that I watched. What was the movie you watched? Well, then, pray tell. Yeah. (laughs) Three sentences or less. What was the movie you watched? Uh, I watched a movie that was set in 1983 featuring the X-Men that we saw in X-Men First Class getting the gang back together so that they can fight the potentially world-ending threat of Apocalypse, a guy from ancient Egypt. Yeah, okay. That checks out. That tracks. Yeah. I feel like I saw that film as well. (laughs) (laughs) No one else saw Taco Lips? Should have made it some sort of cooking school. Well, I guess you can find the screenwriters of the movie Adam's talking about and yell at them. <laughs> Go yes, hunt down please, Brian Singer please track and down, yell at him. Please track down the the uh, screenwriters of X Manager Taco Lips. <laughs> 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 so, had you seen the movie before? Let's start with the usual no from Charlie. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know anything about it. I probably couldn't have told you that that was even the name of the movie, except that you've been mentioning it in the lead up to this. I knew there was some movie between Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix, and this is it. Put that on the uh, put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> the movie after Days of Future Past. Dot dot dot. This is it. Charlie Wallace, Kobeski Wallace Report. <laughs> And this is my first no. Once the Marvel Cinematic Universe really got going, I kind of only paid attention to those Marvel movies. So I missed out on First Class and Days of Future Past in theaters. Eventually caught up with those, I don't know, five years ago or whenever they would have been released to streaming. And just watched this for the first time last night. 
Uh, no, I had not seen this. Um, when we started the movie, I thought that I had, but as I watched it, I realized that I was thinking of Days of Future Past because of all the same people. Well, not all the same people. <laughs> so, <laughs> a, a real Civil nice. War moment for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme with Tony in this segment. <laughs> I, uh, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I remember thinking at the time, eh, that was fine. I then bought the Blu-ray on some Black Friday sale. I didn't watch it, though, until today, which I know because I had to take the shrink wrap off it today to watch it. (laughs) And that's where I discovered it's now expired, but there was a coupon for uh, White Castle Burgers. 50 cents off, it looked like. That wasn't even the best part, Adam. Talk about what you could have mailed in and got. Well... I could have harnessed my crave to score Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters diploma. I just needed to send in my X-Men alias, my address, and two proofs of purchase with orange bar from any White Castle retail package. <laughs> what is your tells. X-Men alias? Oh, wow. That's actually a good game. <laughs> that was a good game. Uh, let's see. It's the street that you grew up on. And the name of your first porn star. <laughs> your first porn star. What? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even know my first porn star. <laughs> but I missed the window. It expired uh, four years ago. Maybe you, maybe they'd still give you a four-year-old White Castle burger, though. <laughs> Actually, now I want to Google and see if anyone ever got it. White castle x-men certificate <laughs> oh, they didn't actually print any because no one redeemed it <laughs> like, they were gonna do it on demand but <laughs> there are some some photographs on the internet of of the certificate in question and what are their x-men names it doesn't say i'm sorry what it lists their name and their major which looks like biochemistry and genetics in all the cases I can find online. And then it's signed by Hank McCoy and Charles Xavier. Oh, I was hoping it would just have like their name, their address, uh, social security number. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's an actual credential. Yeah. Because it's an accredited school. Yeah. <laughs> it actually works as a form of identification through TSA. <laughs> equivalent to a ged um i had not seen this yeah just v- very vaguely aware of its existence really how did you feel watching uh poe dameron as the bad guy you know i didn't actually realize it was him for a really long time <laughs> uh, how about kevin oh no we already did kevin i can i can kevin go again <laughs> How about Kevin again? Have you seen this movie? I still have only seen it the one time. Thanks for checking in. Now there's nobody else, so let's move on. I'm starting with Kevin. But Kevin, Kevin, had you seen it? Has anyone thought about if Kevin's watched the movie or not? (laughs) So I saw this movie in theaters way back when, and I saw it for the second time tonight. And then, uh, Kevin, had you seen the movie before? You know, uh, the first time I saw it was last night before that. Uh, not so much. No. Has the one you seen it in the intervening 30 seconds? <laughs> no, still no. I can start <laughs> playing it 
Maybe a little background noise. I'll set my sound cancellation to low or whatever. There we go. Just watch when those sped up versions, like every time an X power is used, the, the movie doubles in speed. <laughs> every time all star is played, it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kevin, so X-Men you- apocalypse. Is- <laughs> oh, sorry. You're good. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I, I was just—I was just interested if Kevin had actually ever seen the the, the movie before. Watching it now, <laughs> just so the bit will die. <laughs> <laughs> so X Men Apocalypse as a movie, um, I think, as far as I know, pretty straightforward production history. They announced it, I think, even technically before Days of Future Past opened, so they knew they wanted to do Apocalypse. We get X-Men Days of Future Past's now disgraced director Brian Sinner back to do this. He said something to the effect of being interested in the history of mutants and what it would be like for like a mutant to be treated as a god, that kind of thing. And those are themes that I think are vaguely still in the movie. Apocalypse himself as a character starts out as a primary antagonist in the mid-80s book X Factor, which is see the best way to put this. So the original X Men in like the '60s, there were five characters. That series kind of petered out, so they relaunched in the '70s with more or less new characters. So X Factor was a new book bringing back the original characters into one book. And so they fought this guy named Apocalypse. What is Apocalypse's deal? He has a spaceship named Ship. He's really into like survival of the fittest. Uh, only the strong sort of survive that kind of thing. At one point, it's declared that, yeah, he's the first mutant um, and is from Egypt and uh, a really long time ago. I'm not sure I could actually nail down really what his deal is beyond survival of the fittest. If uh, Doug or Kevin or anyone else want to <laughs> clarify anything as well, they know. Sleep I mean, I think the other thing to mention is what they mentioned in the movie, which is that, uh, you know, he always does this four horsemen thing, but I mean, as best as I can tell from the various appearances that he's made, each one seems to be more confusing than the last. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's basically just some sort of weird, like proto eugenicist. As far as X-Men villains go, he's fairly well-known, so I can see why you might oh. want to oh. put him in a movie. Remind me, is he a rip-off of any DC characters? Uh, I don't think so. Kind of some similarities between him and uh, Darkseid from the DC uh, universe, but okay. uh, I think that's more surface than anything else, and it certainly wasn't intentional. And that's just more in the sort of general, like, a large guy who's all about survival of the fittest and the strongest and stuff like that. Or at least that's vaguely my understanding of Darkseid from, like, two episodes of Superman, the animated series. Maybe I'll find out more in the Zack Snyder cut drops in, like, two weeks. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, so I guess what what did everybody think about Apocalypse? The character? Yeah, the character in the movie. He needs to smile more. <laughs> Seems very dour. You got the lips for it, for sure. <laughs> I don't think we even really get a sneer out of him ever. I thought that Apocalypse was like a like a game breaker. The whole time I'm like, how are they going to defeat this villain? Like in a plot, like yeah, in a plausible like, way, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's the blue man group in one guy. 
<laughs> exactly. Did anyone else feel that though? Like he's yeah, he was kind of like that. Like when you're like five years old and you're pretending to be a superhero, then there's that one kid who every time you try to use a power on him, he's like, oh, but I have like an anti that power power. Like every <laughs> exactly, single thing that yeah. got thrown at him, he had <laughs> a thing for, and they just yeah. kept adding them as the movie went on. All right, it wasn't clear what his yeah. deal was for the most part. <laughs> was he was he absorbing other mutants' powers over his lifetime? So was that the idea? So he has tons. I, yeah. I think every time he transferred to a new body, he maintained the powers he had before the transference, but also got the powers of whoever he transferred into. I see. I think was the thing. Yeah, that that was yeah. my interpretation yeah. as well. And the sun and a big golden thing were involved. No, that provides the solar power to charge the circuits. There you go, I guess. I have a question about that introductory sequence. Why would you build your giant pyramid slash hospital building with a self-destruct in it? Like, why, why would you set it up to be destroyed like that? And then, you know, be kind of upset when that's exactly what happens. (laughs) I don't get it. Was that, was there a self-destruct? Yeah, they, pillars yeah they, they go into the building they like knock down like four pieces of wood and sent yeah. giant stone slabs in that were exactly to, the to right special size passages yeah. to yeah. demolish the whole building i assume that was part of the resistance's plan that he just didn't pick up on what he just never looked at the blueprints He's like, these are load-bearing walls. You guys should really like close this out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like he gained powers while he was sleeping. Like he could have built that pyramid. In fact, the uh, after credit scene in the last movie just shows him building the pyramid by himself. I just assumed he built it out of nothing. He does yeah. build it later in the movie as well. Most mutants seem to have some sort of superhuman architecture ability between both Magneto and Jean Grey reassembling the uh, completely exploded <laughs> facility from scratch yeah. and him creating at least one pyramid mid-movie. Uh, it's an oversight, the, the self-destruct feature. <laughs> I found myself musing about like what would the actual density of those blocks need to be to break through <laughs> enough load-bearing pillars to topple a pyramid notably strong like notably strong structure on its own i just i don't know i just wondered why they the would pyramid have to be so like hollow you know inside. they're just mercury filled right. like why would you not have it be hollow i guess if you're creating that, that hollow if you're look, creating a pyramid hollow... with your mind, you can either make it functional or you can make it look pretty and be mostly empty inside. And he opted for look pretty. <laughs> look, look, the, the less hollow it is, you know, the more solid. That's just the more stone you have to move around. It's 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 yes. a effort saving technique to have those big empty spaces. I, li- I like what Kevin is saying, though, is that basically Apocalypse just value engineers everything out. He just... <laughs> <laughs> he's like you know what we don't actually need this (laughs) the columns would probably need to get bigger as you go towards the center too right so it would be breaking through the weakest columns first Hmm. So there's no way it would have well, enough inertia left to take out the biggest columns. Right, were like, well, no, no, no. Maybe it's like an archway where it needs to be thicker at the edges. I mean, yeah. clearly so it that's was. That's the first five it minutes was. of the movie. 
I remember when I saw that, I was like, we're going to talk about this more than any other part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was cool to see, you know, ancient people with mutant powers and then just people getting annihilated just like that. You know, there was, there was no protracted battle. It was just, nope, bam, you're dead. I mean, I appreciated that he looks similar to his comic book appearance. Seems like a lot of prosthetic work for Oscar Isaac, though. Yeah, I did not realize that was him until you were like, said the name Oscar Isaac. I was like, oh. I heard that uh, they had to do his dialogue uh, as like redub or something, because anytime he was on set, like the suit he was in made so much squeaking noise (laughs) that you couldn't use the audio. Which is just hilarious. The, I was about to say, the movie would have been better if any time Apocalypse moved, it was like realistic squeaking of that rubber suit. <laughs> Release the squeaker cut. <laughs> I liked his horseman. I just assumed that the ones that got killed would be resurrected. But I guess he's just, uh, he just gets new ones. That's the easiest thing to do. Well, I mean, if they were any good, then they wouldn't have gotten killed. He likes the horsemen that didn't get killed, Charlie. I think he does, because he even says when one of them dies, oh, you're so weak. Like, <laughs> that is true. You know, you're so weak. Why did I even choose you? I knew you were going to die the minute I saw you. <laughs> He doesn't seem particularly choosy with his horsemen. I feel like the first four mutants he runs into after coming back to life, just like, yep, horsemen, 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 yep. horsemen. He just swipes right every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way, you're a mutant as well? Awesome. <laughs> um, One thing which is kind of funny uh, in contrast to the comics is that... Uh, so in the comics, Caliban's special mutant ability is the uh, ability to find other mutants like he's a tracker so you know you you see him in this movie and you think oh it's gonna be like the comics you know uh, uh apocalypse is gonna use caliban you know make him into one of the horsemen and uh use him to hunt down other mutants and it's like nope nope f that charles xavier all the way we're skipping all that stuff so jumping way ahead in the movie now so but just speaking of like things that feel like previous draft artifacts or something or like ideas that didn't carry through the way you'd expect like the whole movie is like building up like magneto has lost his family and so now he's going to like kill all of humanity and meanwhile quicksilver is gonna be like hey you're my dad and when they get to that moment so that magneto can then turn and be less evil they just like whiff it right oh yeah i'm gonna fight for my family too like what it's like there was a theme that they were driving toward and then they were just like no we don't want to do that maybe they recorded it that way and decided it was too cheesy i was thinking the same thing doug that it was i was like this isn't so cheesy if he's like but you're my dad (laughs) woogie 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 and then like he's like oh Wow, I have a son. I will fight for your honor. And then <laughs> I'm going to throw metal at this guy. Like, I didn't like, like, I felt like that was too cheesy as well. But I also agree with Adam that, like, they just, like, edged us all the way. They and, sn- <laughs> yeah, they set it up. And, then... <laughs> and it was, there's just no relief. Plus, why, 
I don't know why Quicksilver wouldn't have told him right then if he could save the world potentially by saying it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, but I don't want to right now. <laughs> like, what's the downside? Like, that's incredibly selfish, right? Like, I might feel awkward if I share this information or I could save the entire planet. <laughs> well, you're assuming that he's going to be believed. Yeah, I guess anybody could just say that they were his son. And probably I would have if I were that situation. Uh, but I'm your son. <laughs> Don't I'm kill son. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if he what if he just pulls the Star Wars and he's like, No, no, that's not true. That's not true. It felt <laughs> like just reverse, goes insane and goes kills everyone. It did feel like reverse Star Wars there. I'm, <laughs> you're my father. Reverse <laughs> Star Wars. Earth piece? Well, right, because it doesn't... Well, I don't want to spoil uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> it's, it's actually a, a really big twist. D- don't worry, Disney's already spoiled Star Wars for everyone. Um, <laughs> by owning it, or...? By what they've produced. Oh. Yeah, the movies with Oscar Isaac in them. I don't necessarily so- believe that, but it was too good an opportunity to let pass by. <laughs> What stops Magneto? Just Mystique, right? She's like, hey, I still exist. He's like, you're right. I guess I won't blow up the world. <laughs> well, I think he also kind of remembers his various conversations with Xavier over the years. Hey, does yeah. this happen? Does this happen every time, though, with Magneto? Oh, I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> like, he just, because this is exactly the last time, right? Like, I'm going to kill everybody. No, you're really good inside. Remember all the... And then, oh, you're right, I am good. At the last second, I'm going to be good. I, I mean, that's not yeah. too far off from the comics. I mean, that doesn't happen in Logan, though. Okay. But it just it just seems like Magneto just has, like, one thing that he does. No one wanted to point out the obvious about that. I don't. I haven't seen Logan. Me neither. Oh. He's not in Logan. Oh, okay. He's not in Logan. <laughs> he didn't do that I, I, in Civil War either, Adam. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do it in New Mutants. I, I didn't know, Adam. Uh, I, I didn't even know that uh, that Wolverine was going to be in this movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Part of me was like, it's great to see Wolverine, but this feels like 30 minutes they could have just cut. Yeah, so was it the, really? The, the end sorry. of the last movie it, ended on a cliffhanger yeah. with Mystique actually being Striker, right? Like, it's been years since I've seen Days of Future Past, but wasn't that wasn't that part of the movie that they were building up to somehow? I can't even remember. That sounds familiar. I am I am 90% well, I, sure that happened, but the I movie does not reflect it. Stryker picked up Wolverine from underwater. Right. And I thought at the right. very but, last second, but was, like his, but was his eyes turned yellow. Mystique at that point, yeah. I, Kevin, I now that mm-hmm. you say that his eyes turned yellow, I feel like I remember that as well. Yes, the Wikipedia confirms your memory. Well, ho- hooray. Although the fact that all of us forgot that, I guess, means it was reasonable to just completely ignore the plot point for the entirety of Apocalypse. <laughs> well, in our defense, it's been like nine movies, Marvel movies, <laughs> okay. since we watched that. Fair. I think, has it really been that long? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just felt like, yes, it's great to see Hugh Jackman, but maybe they should have cut that and then just released X-Men Apocalypse, the Wolverine cut. And then we could have watched both and had an argument where they ultimately came out the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, all the Weapon X stuff. I, I even while I was watching it, I was like, this we don't need this. Like this whole section where like all of a sudden Stryker shows up like right when everything gets destroyed, which is like they explain like how we found them, but it's like instantly he shows up. It's like let's go, let's go do this side quest where you have to fight your way yeah. out of the uh, this facility. Leading immediately up to that, I did think why the writers decided that it would be better for the X-Men to accidentally blow up their own house rather than have Apocalypse maybe blow up their house. It was just a strange narrative choice. Like, if the end result you wanted was X-Mansion gets destroyed, why have Havoc accidentally shoot an airplane rather than the bad guys do a bad guy thing? I can feel that one. It's because Apocalypse is not trying to kill all the mutants. He's all about having the strong be the ruling class and if you blow up an entire school of mutants that killing them all then yeah that's not really gonna get you closer to your goal that's fair well but but anyone that survives anyone that survives gets to be in the stronger category right if kelly clarkson taught us anything it's that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger could you imagine a scene where Apocalypse is murdering all of the mutants to that song? <laughs> I'm imagining it now, and it's amazing. <laughs> and, and some get away. Are, you, you guys got some issues there. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to take the best two minutes of the entire film and make them awful. I can't believe that that was your like the best two minutes of the film for you well what would you choose when all the nuclear bombs are thrown into space and we can live in harmony what was the point of that was that like was he gonna send them back to earth i i truly like it seemed like they just kind of abandoned that plot line as soon as the nukes got up there what uh, well, why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, because uh, the nuclear bomb. Yeah, the nuclear bombs uh, could be launched. Yeah, maybe Kevin. just that it was something. <laughs> it was something that could defeat Apocalypse if they just destroyed the world. So I guess he just neuters everybody, basically. Okay. I, I don't. The, I'm just inferring. Like there's no. I there's mean, nothing it's really to support that. Any for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're the United States or China or, you know, Europe or Russia, and you see this guy uh, essentially do urban renewal on Cairo at that scale, you're probably going to drop a few nukes on him. (laughs) You're probably just going to say, we'll deal with the fallout later. So to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. X-Men Fallout. <laughs> X-Men Fallout Las Vegas. Awesome. Fallout 83. <laughs> yeah. Um, but getting back to things that we hate. What? So wow. well, just <laughs> no, I with the whole Wolverine thing, those are some brutal murder scenes. This yeah. is PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I like legitimately had to look away <laughs> when that was like happening. And then he just runs away. Like I just I didn't understand. I didn't understand like how that progressed. Well, I guess it progressed because he killed everybody, right? And then Look, they were able to. Hugh like, Jackman was away. like, "You got me for one day. What are you gonna do?" <laughs> well, and he likes he liked his role as Wolverine, right? Like, yeah, 
Yeah. So he would he so he would do it. Although I did think watching this that I was like, oh man, Hugh Jackman's starting to look old <laughs> as Wolverine. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably good that age. he does one more and tap out. So what did we think of the new main characters playing the original main characters? Which is to say, um, Storm, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler. I thought they all did fine. It's just the you predicted basically my response to this, which is that just why we're they even go out of their way to point out this is the third movie in the series and we're introducing like seven or eight new characters. Well, but they're not really new characters. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, the new actors, new takes on the characters. They have to establish each yeah, one of them. They're the same characters. Yeah. Yeah. Adam's not asking about the people like Psylocke who weren't in the previous films. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm asking specifically about the ones who had shown up in earlier movies. Yeah. The by different people ones. still. Yes. They kind of fell flat for me. I don't know if it was the actors, the writing, or just they didn't have much to do, but um, I don't know. Sophie Turner, she did okay. Cyclops. So. Fine. So I've never got- seen I've never seen Game of Thrones. So maybe someone can tell me if Sophie Turner is actually a decent actress. Because I thought she seemed pretty wooden here, but I didn't know if that was because she had to do an American accent. She's and that was better performance. She's better in Game of Thrones than she was in this movie. I completely agree. It was it was flat. And I don't know what it says about Cyclops in these that when I watched Ready Player One. And they were like, oh, it stars Ty Sheridan. And I was like, who was that? Oh, it must be just some new guy. And then watching this, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Ready Player One, who <laughs> I've seen now in two X-Men movies and didn't realize it was <laughs> <laughs> until just now. So you're saying they did an excellent job of casting him to be the uh, the boring straight man. Apparently. I guess they only cast him in roles where his eyes are obscured. (laughs) I did like Nightcrawler, though, but that might just be because I like Nightcrawler as a character. Yeah, I thought, what's his name? Cody Smith-McPhee or something like that? Sounds about right. Cody Smith-McPhee. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I I thought that Nightcrawler provided, like, really good comic relief. He was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I guess in terms of utilizing Nightcrawler, I don't think anything in this movie beat the opening of X2 with that White House attack scene. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's true. But honestly, like there's not a lot of scenes in general in any of these movies that, that tops that. Sure. Like there's a few, but that's a really good scene. Who Should we talk about Quicksilver in this one? They they must have listened to the podcast because they put a lot more Quicksilver in this one. <laughs> yeah which i liked yeah i like i like him as a character i think he's really funny but i also thought where he was saving mutants in like the exploding mansion i thought that like ran way too long i i got way bored with that i just felt like i've seen this already in the last one i was there necessarily i that I was the only more. thing I was fully engaged with. I wanted more, and they gave me more, and I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. You got to up the ante. You can't be like, well, we didn't include that, or we did one of the same length, and he just did the same stuff. Well, then, you guys are going to really enjoy Dark Phoenix. <laughs> haven't seen it. So <laughs> they, did, they triple it? The entire movie. Entire movie just from Quicksilver's perspective, moving stuff around. <laughs> In real time, it's three minutes long. 
in real time. <laughs> Watch that. But... The scene I did like kind of with Quicksilver was his attack on Apocalypse at the end, because I feel like yeah. anytime you have a super speed superhero, there's the question of why don't they just go ham on the bad guy? And they they addressed it adequately. I, I liked that a lot, actually. Yeah, because I remember thinking that I was like, oh, he's this is what's going to happen. Like, sure. Yeah, he broke his leg. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, I like that there was so much of him in this movie, but I don't think it ever quite hit the high of that slow motion scene in the last movie. Time in a bottle. Was yeah. That the the time in the bottle one. Yeah. Where he's time doing all bottle. that stuff to knock out those agents, but it's never a hundred percent like in that. It's like, he always does little small things yeah. like to make the effects happen. And you're not quite sure how it's going to work out. And you see that same sort of playfulness here, but it just, I don't know. Like that right, said, it was dragged out a little longer. He's playful, he's, but he's saving people. So it's like, they can't play it for as many laughs. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He doesn't have time to play around in this one. You know, you you see that he's he's racing against the clock to save everybody cuz just because he's super fast doesn't mean that he can stop time. And he got, you know, he got a few trick, you know, he took a swig of some tab. Yeah. Threw the dart at the <laughs> dartboard. He saved know. the goldfish. Saved the goldfish, yeah. Shut oh. in quite track initially. I was like, he's just getting water for some reason. <laughs> and then like then they showed the stop after effect i was like oh he was saving fish it'd be funny if there's one person at the end he couldn't save just like ah, i shouldn't have saved those fish <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would have been really he would have been a real one person at the end he couldn't yeah it wasn't it havoc couldn't save havoc well that's because yeah, he didn't get there early the enough very beginning so charlie's on record as hating all the new characters is that yep. right even hate jubilee him. No, I didn't the ones that weren't recast ones. Well, Jubilee, they didn't even, did they even say her name? I don't think so, but I mean, did you need them to? Did she, yeah, did she do anything? Like, I recognized her as Jubilee right away, but she she didn't, like... to the mall. That's right. So, there there was a longer scene at the mall cut for time. I know that. Because I know there... I remember seeing photographs of them like at a record store flipping through the albums and that apparently was not did not make the final cut. This is this movie's kind of weird too because it's set in the 80s and the, there's a couple of times they're like like they're at the mall or they just saw Return of the Jedi and they're like hey it's the 80s guys you like the 80s right but then the rest of the movie like it just doesn't even register. They did not embrace man. it. Like the first two movies I mean you had a uh... The Bay of Pigs, yeah. I mean, like they actually know, kind of brought that. they brought the history of the time period into the movie in a substantial way. And here, you're right. Outside of it, like, hey guys, check it out. We're wearing silly clothes. It's the '80s. It didn't really factor in. Well, I think it factors in a little bit with like the discussion about the nuclear weapons and stuff, because '83 is one of the worst times of the Cold War. So I definitely kind of got that sense from it. That's true. And look, all I'm saying is that this emb- this movie embraced its 1983-ness way more than Wonder Woman 84 embraced 1984. <laughs> really? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Yeah. But, what about the Chris Pine dressing montage, Adam? We will save the incredibly <laughs> problematic relationship there for the DC movie spree. <laughs> I mean, as far as the generally new characters went, so like uh, Angel and Psylocke. On the one hand, they don't get much to do, but on the other hand, I didn't mind them. Like, I actually thought Olivia Munn was like reasonable casting for Psylocke. Like, to the point where I was kind of like, I wish they'd had more of her. 
Yeah, yeah, I could have gone for some more Psylocke. Yeah. But she had some cool moments. She did. It wasn't, they did do a good job of establishing what her powers were supposed to be, like, before or after Apocalypse. She she had a purple glowy sword. Purple glowy sword. And he's like, you're super powerful because of that. Maybe. And she she's a ninja. Did the did the costume not clue you into that? Yeah. I mean, they did add a boob window. A little so. more skin. <laughs> yeah, I, ninja, I did think but, it was know. a little. Um, I was surprised to see that level of cheesecake in a live action film <laughs> as compared to the uh, on the page in the comics. Look, if you hire Olivia Munn, you might as well use her assets, right? I guess I I would have preferred like. I don't know, some more lines or something like she didn't, she didn't have that much to do. She did. Okay. Well, what fair. she was there for, but it felt a little underutilized. I don't think angel or Psylocke said much of anything after their introductory scenes. I might be forgetting something, but yeah, yeah no, that's, that's what I was meaning. Kind of when I said, I wish they'd had more to do. Yeah. Psylocke got away, left it open for a sequel. Yeah. But it's the third movie. So, I mean, the first movie, you spend a lot of time introducing characters. I get it. And then you can progress past that and spend a little bit more time on the characters you already have. That's how I feel instead of being like, let's just start start over. Let's let's ultimately have hundreds of characters. They killed all of the X-Men except for her and Beast. So also, I would like to establish that based on all of Charlie's comments through this march thus far, his ideal movie would be a one man show. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he hates characters. Anytime a new character is introduced, he always complains. And the more new characters that get introduced, the more he complains. Guess what X-Men movie coming up I'm really going to like <laughs> that I've I already seen. A, like, no, you won't. There's more than one character. Just, <laughs> I would I would love a like just Logan in the woods, like no dialogue, you know, just crossing streams and, you know. <laughs> Taking a nap, (laughs) (laughs) sleeping in the in the shade of a spruce. (laughs) (laughs) Time for another episode of Survivor Man with James Howland Logan. You know he's he's whatever his name is hanging out like in the stream, like next to a bunch of huge grizzly bears, and he's snagging fish out just like a bear (laughs) would, you know. Okay, that would be great. <laughs> and because I refuse to let us move on, I also have to say, Moira McTaggart, back. Why? Why? Oh, here's a character who has forgotten everything that's happened. And then we're going to bring her along for the adventure and then re- remind her what happened at the end of the movie. Because What's they her function? love each other. Oh, uh, they love each other. Do we need, do we need this, like... functions? Do we need this, like, half-assed love story between the two that... Well, as you all know, I'm an editor at heart. And I'm always looking for cuts. And Boyer McTaggart's yeah. right at the top of the list. If you were an editor at heart, I wouldn't have to have you cut out so much damn fluff out of these podcasts. <laughs> where I'm just like, why on earth would you keep this? Get rid of that. <laughs> Listen, Unless you're Adam, striving for mediocrity, as I once said. <laughs> Adam, he's an editor at heart, but he also loves to collaborate so he wants to make sure that you have uh, something do to your do your share as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just assumed he was an editor at heart but it didn't reach his brain <laughs> <laughs> this is a real struggle session for charlie isn't it <laughs> yeah 
Sorry, we we got well, uh, we, we're now. so savage. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, we got primed earlier with a big coupon coupon debate, and so now we're <laughs> someone else. I, to be our I thought that would have got that you know got the dog piling out of your system. <laughs> it only made us want more. Yeah, exactly. we have a taste for blood now. <laughs> you know, actually, Adam, I took I have taken your criticisms to heart. I, I've thought about some of your criticisms in the past i actually made a list of the things i liked about the movie and the things i didn't like the movie about the movie which i'm looking oh. at now and there's just happens to be a lot more under the the bad section than the good section <laughs> which yeah. column did olivia munn's costume fall under oh neither that's fine <laughs> something of, her costume just made me be like kind of wish i was watching a mortal Kombat movie instead. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay yeah thank you it was there was something other than x-men it was reminding me of and that was it yeah. i was like she's basically like katara yeah if you just change it from, whoever, uh, Kita- is it katana i can't remember her yeah, if you just change your yeah. costume to Oh yeah, and then I wrote down that Apocalypse is an Earthbender, basically. <laughs> oh, talking of Avatar. Yeah, yeah, and it turns out Magneto's more of an Earthbender than he thought he yeah, was. Yeah, he's a metal bender. It's like, oh, yeah, did you know metal is Like, oh, <laughs> yes, sir. But here, I actually had a third column, which is just things of note, which I neither liked or disliked, but I found interesting, which was that. We had the deleted scene in the last movie with uh, Hank McCoy and Raven getting it on. And we're gonna, they're like, it's uh, only deleted in the theatrical version. In the real version, it's there. Right. And like, when you get to this movie, <laughs> well, when you get to this movie, like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense now why they had it. Like, there's actual payoff from that in here where it wouldn't make sense if you hadn't seen that, I don't think. I don't know, just yeah, some of their interaction. Yeah. It made me like the other movie a little bit more. Not enough to rate it higher, I don't think, but. That's the best you're going to get from me. A, a neutral, a neutral point. <laughs> <Just a> snob. <laughs> what about? Oh, come on. How about the uh, the bird shaped plane? Surely that was cool. Surely the seven year old in your heart was was jumping for joy at that, Charlie. Right? I thought it was fine. You're assuming a seven year old in his heart where he has none. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how I'm ragging hard on Charlie for a movie that I thought was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well this is always yeah, how it happens it wasn't great <laughs> yeah for as those much as movies I'm, that yeah. upset me the most <laughs> for as much <laughs> as i'm criticizing charlie's problems with it <laughs> i'm probably not going to give it the highest score here <laughs> don't charlie that film wasn't bad it was mediocre <laughs> can't believe you that was not a 6.5 that is a solid seven <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> All right, then, Charlie, if you've got this long list of things you liked, name something you liked about the movie that we haven't discussed yet. Mm, the first three we've already discussed. So what I did oh, like, they, just to refresh our memories, Quicksilver, uh, I liked Apocalypse. I thought he had cool powers and that he seemed like an earthbender. Wait, you liked Apocalypse? Yeah, I, I think he is. As we said, he's <laughs> sort of an unknown, all powerful force. And there's no real clear way that they're going to defeat him, which kind of ties in. So one thing I really liked, which is that we get a sense like of how dangerous Jean Grey is going to be later because like she's the only thing that can stop him. So like at the end of the movie, I had the sense, even if I we didn't already know that Dark Phoenix was coming up, like, OK, you know, there's something kind of wrong with her power or something that we're all going to have to deal with later. 
like if she could actually actually beat this guy. So I thought that was pretty well done. Does Jean Grey have any non-Phoenix storylines? I feel like anytime she comes up in the movies, they're either building up to that or dropping us directly into the middle of that. Uh, I mean, the problem is that Phoenix is such a big storyline in the X-Men comics that it kind of dominates everything else to the point where you're like, oh, if we're going to do Jean Grey, we got to do Phoenix, right? Rather than like, so I don't know, Mastermind or Madeline Pryor or something like that. Hmm. So ironically, uh, given the name, I think the 90s limited series Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix has Jean Grey doing some very, you know, doing some stuff that's just not really Phoenix related. Well, maybe they'll adapt that. (laughs) Not bloody likely. It's uh, whatever, man. We're getting an Eternals movie, so anything's possible. Look, until we get a Thunderbolts film or TV series, I still say that uh, a lot of stuff ain't possible. Look, I, I will I will simply not be happy with the MCU output until I get my Thunderbolts. Well, I hope Kevin Feige's listening. Tony! Oh! What's something you like that we haven't discussed? Pass. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Ooh. No, it's not. I don't No, I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't like the movie i'm I'm really trying to think of something that we haven't talked about that i that i liked um i mean i guess i guess we talked about magneto earlier and how it just seems like he plays just like the same thing right like he's bad and then turns to good but i guess i do like that we got a little bit of like story about him that like he even tells um charles xavier like i've tried your way and it didn't work and he still got hurt. So I guess I, I did kind of like that, that part. Also, I feel like his daughter really lost out on some of the mutant powers where she just, you know, gets to control birds and it doesn't get to be like super fast. She gets to be Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> as, as I interjected while we were watching it, he tried it Charles's way and it didn't work out. Yeah. His way didn't work out either. Which, right. uh, if yeah. you if you're a fan of the comic books, the more recent series House of X slash Powers of X really makes it explicit that neither one of them has the answer. Isn't that kind of like the the whole thing? Is that yeah, like neither one of them really has the answer because otherwise they would just be winning the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they always seem that... to come together at pivotal moments. Maybe that is why they did it that way in the comics recently, because they wanted to finally move on from telling the same stories over and over. Right. We're going to try it my way. Well, that doesn't work. We're going to try it my way. So uh, I distinctly got the feeling watching this that their special effects department had learned how to do stuff with particles and decided to make that the basis of the entire film because <laughs> it's so much flowing particles and debris and stuff in various patterns and things being dissolved into particles and then reassembled into a giant pyramid. And it's, it, it honestly was distracting how much they overused that. That was something you liked. No. Okay. I guess not. What is guess something not. you liked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll come up with something i've got something uh if maybe it goes without saying by movie number three but while i didn't like the you know the newer generation of mutants uh actor wise 
McAvoy and Fassbender remain spectacular casting choices for both uh, Xavier and Magneto. I I don't think they had quite as much to do writing wise, but the actors were wonderful. Yeah, I, totally I thought agree. it was kind of cool when when Xavier talks to the entire world. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty wild. I don't remember that happening before. Maybe it has, but well, it's because he was getting supercharged by. Oh, okay, yeah, that was. Oh, I was going to say you don't remember it because you hadn't been born yet in 83. It's true. (laughs) I was was negative years old. I would just be, if I could do that, just be talking to people all the time. Be like, hello, world. How's it going today? How's your your Monday? (laughs) Tuesday, some of you, I guess. I was like, it would be better if you didn't wake me up in my sleep. This guy, or would again. they just incorporate that into their dreams? Like this guy keeps talking to me. But it's like, the, no, really, the, the, real have you stuff. seen this man in your dreams? Guy is just Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got two things. One's a little thing, which is that, like the last X Men main movie, we had some uh, Star Trek on the TV. Uh, they were watching Who Mourns for Adonis. From season two. Where was that? When, was, uh, uh, when, they, when they show up at Storm's pad in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he learns he learns how to all the languages of the world from observing it. Yeah. Well, prior to that, they're watching Star Trek. The episode where they meet a god and then tell him he's no good. Get out of here. <laughs> it's actually a really good episode. So but so I like that. Um, but. The person we haven't really talked about that I actually liked more than I expected was Lucas Till as Havoc. I didn't think he was particularly exciting in first class, but I actually liked him quite a bit more here to the point that I was kind of sad when he died. I was like, oh, so I thought he was doing a pretty good job. I've come up with something else that I liked, um, and it's uh, when they're doing the fight in the astral plane, you get to see uh, a size changing apocalypse. Which was a nice touch because one of his powers in some of the comics is the ability to just become really big. So ultimately, what do you think of this movie? Would you bow down and worship it as the ruler of the planet? Or would you say, no thanks man, we don't need you. Don't let the door hit you on your way out. I guess I'm asking, how many column smashing rocks would you give this movie? And I shall begin. So when I watched this movie in the theaters the first time, I left going, eh, it was fine. It wasn't the best movie ever. I didn't hate it. And then I read the internet a bit, and it seemed like I had a little bit more favorable reaction than they did. But that might just be because the internet rewards uh, extreme positions and not so much nuance. Because ultimately, my feeling watching it this time was, yeah, this is fine. Maybe not to the degree that I thought it was fine the first time. but. I'm still like, yeah, I didn't hate it. My main complaint was like, I can't decide if the movie is unfocused or if it's just too busy, which is to say, I can't tell if there are specific themes that they don't do a good job of conveying, or if it's just that there's so many things going on, so many moving parts that those themes get buried. Yeah, but either way, that means... It, it clearly indicates that something went wrong, especially when you think back to our last movie in the March Civil War, where I, you know, it was pretty clear to me what the themes were and what the sort of arcs were for each character. And that wasn't really clear here. Whether that's just a matter of scripting or the raw emphasis on things, I'm not sure. I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. 
it wasn't great. But I think just looking at my scores based on the other X-Men movies, I think I'm going to give this 6.5 column smashing rocks out of 10. So the half one just like hits the column and then bounces off. It doesn't smash through it. So that's going to put it on line with like X-Men Origins Wolverine. And I'm not 100% sure if that's right. I think I might have actually liked that movie a little better. But right now I have X-Men The Last Stand at 6. And I think I like this movie a little better than that. So that's why I'm going to give this 6.5 column smashing blocks out of 10. Which is, yeah, it's fine. I didn't hate it. But could have it could have been better. And speaking of themes, I was wondering, is does Charles Xavier learn at the end of the movie that no, we shouldn't learn to control our powers. We should just use them. Is that the lesson? I feel like that's where we ended up somehow. Uh, I guess I just thought the lesson was if you're going to cut loose, baby, do it now. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, they win just by telling Jean Grey, just like, go for it. I think it's touched on earlier that he doesn't want children to fight bad guys. And then he decides that maybe children should fight bad guys. Is that the end? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. All right. Well, but I don't either. My point, right? Is that sometimes <laughs> I, I can't tell if it's unfocused or too busy. If that there was a point there that we just missed because so much is happening, or if it really was that they just didn't really hit the mark the way that they may have intended to at one point. It does feel sometimes like this is a script that either should have had like one or two more rewrites or several fewer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What are you guys talking about? The movie having themes and a point to it? Cause all I got was it's a megalomaniacal bad guy from the ancient history. And uh, he's here to finish what he started by being an ancient megalomaniac and and we need to stop him no and particle effects are cool yeah Yeah, that's his mutant power is particle effects watch my sweet render guys (laughs) this took so long (laughs) you want to like do that for like the rest of the movie then paul It's really weird in that it's it doesn't get to the level of awfulness that X-Men The Last Stand does. But at the same time, it, there's, it feels very uneven. Uh, I guess maybe, maybe the advantage here is that it doesn't feel as uh, ham-fisted as The Last Stand did. And it also doesn't feel like I really need backstory like it feels it feels like they do a better job of introducing the extra characters into this movie than the last stand did but overall like when i think of this film i think of you know a few fun scenes and some parts where i wish the acting were better i mean i i i guess i have to fall back on the just the simple how much did i enjoy this film because i'm otherwise having a real hard time rating it because I'm so ambivalent on the, the, just the pieces. I got to go with, uh, six and a half column smashing rocks. You know, maybe that, maybe that half one isn't a column smashing rock. It's just falling roof debris, crushing a uh, superhuman. (laughs) 
it's not really a movie that you could recommend to anyone. It's more of a movie that's just for the fans. Everyone else should skip it. So I, uh, I agree with Doug and Adam and a little more with Adam on his point where this movie feels uh, kind of unfocused. At least for me, it did. I feel like with some of the newer characters, um, I didn't really get a sense of like who they are. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, we're fighting. I feel like when I was watching, though, as well, um, Apocalypse just seemed like too big of a supervillain where I was like, how the heck are these guys going to defeat him? And so um, that kind of was always like in the back of my mind. I think that the ending was actually pretty plausible in terms of how they, they ended up uh, defeating the villain. Um, and I really I didn't hate the movie. I didn't really love it either. Uh, I feel just kind of so so I thought the action was pretty, pretty cool. And so I'm going to give this uh, 6.5. I think that that matches up with some of my scores uh, from the past. And I think uh, I gave Deadpool 6.5. And that that feels right about right for me. So, yeah, just I keep talking about all the things that I would cut from this movie. And but then I think of all those things and like what's left after we cut 45 minutes from this movie, all the extraneous characters that I'm not interested in and like the whole Weapon X sequence, then it's like Adam said, it's just this kind of weird mishmash of things that I'm either kind of indifferent to or kind of like, but don't really add up to much. Like, what is this movie about? The teams are all cool over the place. Cool action scenes. I guess. I then told you, it's about just do that. saving the world. <laughs> from is, a it bad enough? Guy. is it enough to have a movie about saving the world from a bad guy? It is Memorial Day weekend yeah. when this came out, so maybe, maybe. not. Yeah, um, but I didn't hate the experience either. I'm going to have to give this a unique score. I don't see anywhere else in my ratings a 5.5 pillar breaking oh, stones out of 10. I was hoping for 6.5. 6.5? I <laughs> was really hoping for just across the board. I was looking at my sixes and I'm like, no, it's not. It's I like it less than x Mile. I like it less than Thor the Dark World. So 5.5. Charlie filling a gap in his collection of scores. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I I don't have a whole lot of strong feelings about this installment. I don't know. There was it was kind of scattered. There was a lot of things going on. There's some cool action scenes. I thought Apocalypse was pretty cool. Liked the Quicksilver stuff, but overall, it just like there was. It just felt like kind of long and without like a super great reason to be. Um, So I think I'm going to give it six column smashing locks out of 10. It was okay, but just kind of lands right in there. So a real amazing Spider-Man (laughs) 2. Yeah, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, there's a fair amount of for a while. I was just doing hitting six, six. X-Men The Last Stand, Spider-Man. Wait, 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 wait. Blade Trinity, X-Men The Last Stand, Spider-Man 3, and now X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, if I could oh, go back. Just think that I just think third movies. I wish I could go back. And oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. We kind of. We kind of talked about it, but it's real ballsy to come out and say how third movies are terrible in your terrible third movie. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I wrote that down, too. I was like, oh, it's like if you're going to say that, especially because in my head, I was like, you wish you could be Return of the Jedi. <laughs> they there should have been more Ewoks. 
yeah, or I was just Ewok say, equivalent. Ewoks like, I, I would have. It would have been a better movie if they would have in, introduced some sort of cute creatures. Morlocks. <laughs> All right, Kevin, send her home. Okie dokie. I am so ready. Uh, X Men Apocalypse, a movie I have seen one time, was fine. It was. Um, it was almost aggressive in its mediocrity and, and the prevalence of kind of neutral feelings that y'all have voiced uh, in your reviews up until this point kind of reflect that. There were some explosions, there were shiny things. I wanted it to be better, but it wasn't bad. If I was on the couch and this was on and the remote was out of reach, I probably wouldn't stand up to grab the remote, but that's about <laughs> the strongest positive I can get for this. I... <laughs> Can that please be the copy on the Blu-ray re-release? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an not amazing. Worth standing up to change. That's an amazing review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in short, um, let's give it a six column smashing rocks out of ten. And so then, uh, thanks everyone for joining us on installment fifty-four of the Merry Marvel Movie March and our second part of March Madness. Our next installment and the final part of Mary Marvel movie March Madness 2021 he is a personal favorite of mine. So I assume Charlie and I are going to have words. <laughs> and that is the no- November 2016 film Doctor Strange. So until then, let me ask Kevin if he'd seen X-Men Apocalypse. I've seen it one time. Uh, I did not see it in theaters. I saw it last night on my TV. Thank you for asking. Oh. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our four horsemen of the podcast. Doug Gobeski. Thank you. I was war. Paul Wilcox. (laughs) It was great to be pestilence today. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Vredevogue. Thanks for having me. I watched this movie. (laughs) Feel like death? (laughs) And I was death. Yes. Secondary, I was death. And Tony Huff. It was great to bring famine to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) To something this podcast often does not have. There's quite a bit of eating, generally. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Better call Go Puff. We didn't have any tasting segments or anyone eating their dinner during the recording, so... You did your job. I actually ate a good dive of bar during uh, oh. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> well, I had to buy it. It's allowed. Yeah, I, I had to, to slip in pizza between the end of the movie and the start of the podcast. So. <laughs> nice. I I had to buy the Godiva bar because I was at ninety eight dollars or something at Kohl's, and if I bought the bar, I'd get another wow. ten dollars of Kohl's cash. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Another $10 you'll forget to use if you're like me and Kohl's cash. I have $30 of Kohl's cash to use, and I probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained possibly wait so you're definitely entertained but only possibly entertained well i don't want to get sued for false advertising (laughs) i'm 
just looking through what movies are coming up and what's a movie with not a lot of characters that Charlie will like. And I gotta say, the only guaranteed 10 for Charlie is going to be Venom. <laughs> of, the upcoming, of the upcoming films. We don't know that that's not true. <laughs> I've never seen Venom. Me neither, Charlie. I'm, I'm excited for it. Kevin, have you I don't want to overhype it, though. I have not <laughs> I'm seen... kind of joking. <laughs> Kevin's not seen Venom either, I have huh? not okay. seen Venom zero times. You might want to change that before you watch. I'm, I'm at one and a half times through Apocalypse at this point. So <laughs> by the end of the by the end of the podcast, it should be a solid two, solid right. two. Yeah. Well, we, you know how we are really worried about you and yeah. reviewing. And I understand, times. and I appreciate that. 